morning. Welcome to Wednesday once again. Here we are. It's a morning devotion time. We're going to be walking through Ecclesiastes 5, 8 to 20. Announcements before we get going here. We uh, always have our Lenten Wednesday worship going on on Wednesday nights at our Escondido campus. So if you're local and looking for a place to hear of God's love for you during this Lenten season, uh, our Escondido campus at 7 p.m. is a great spot. Pastor Aaron Smith from Grace Lutheran will be with us this evening. And then as a reminder for those who are regularly with us on Sundays, uh, we're going to be starting up our communion conversations for those who haven't ever received communion or have questions about it, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's at both campuses, and you can find out details when you're at church on Sunday. And then lastly, a new venture for our morning devotions is that they will be available by podcast as well. So keep an eye out for that, and you'll see links in the coming future, as well as all the regular places that you normally see our podcast. They'll be there. So you can figure out the magic on how all that happens in a different way. But thankful to Bob Akers, our media manager, for making that happen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning. Once again, uh, you give us light in our eyes and breath in our lungs, and you have so many things set out ahead of us today. We pray that you would uh, lead us into them with joy in our hearts, knowing that you are the good God who loves your creation and has done all things for it to redeem it and bring it back to you. And we pray, Lord, that in the midst of all of our toil, that you work by your spirit to keep us focused upon your love for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, here we go as we continue on in Ecclesiastes. I'm just going to read through it and uh, we'll check it out. So starting at verse 8 in chapter 5. If you see in a province the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter. For the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But this is gain for a land in every way, a king committed to cultivated fields. All right, let's take care of that chunk real quick first. Solomon pretty much saying, look, when you look around and you see stuff broken, don't be amazed about the fact that stuff's broken. There's still one in charge. There's always someone watching over the other person. And really the highest one that watches over everything is God. So when you see the world around you broken, it shouldn't surprise you. Don't be amazed. Why? Well, all the things in our world are led by, yep, sinful people. Even in the church. I know, it's crazy. But even in leadership and in all these spots, there are sinners. That's who we are in our sinfulness. Thanks be to God that he has watched over us and given us forgiveness in Jesus. And we pray that our leadership and we pray that all those who are in places of position and authority would look to glorify God and serve neighbor, not just serve self, right? Because that's where things break down. And that's what we're going to see in the rest of these verses here is the idea of serving self and the bitterness that it brings. But there's something at the end that you got to keep your ear open for. It has to do with your heart being occupied by something. So, let's continue on here. Oh, 
And the part about, uh, but this is gain for a land in every way, a king committed to cultivated fields. Think about a kingship and what they're doing. If they're committed to cultivated fields, that means they're cared or they're committed to a time of peace that reigns long enough to actually be able to farm. It means not being warmongers, not trying to continually expand the lands and send everything out or uh, only worrying about what's coming into their palace halls, but they're actually concerned about the ground around them and time in which to be able to care for that ground and farm. That takes time, that takes effort by the folks that are around. So that's what's good in the land. When the king's actually caring for the land of itself, when the leader is actually caring for what is there and precious to be able to provide and be able to give time to and to be able to grow and to be able to have all these things instead of immediate gain, right? Okay. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Not he who loves, oh, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. I love that line, that's a great line. And what advantage has their owner but to see them with his eyes? Ugh. Just unsatiable greed, unsatiable want, unsatiable desire. And you think of the ninth and 10th commandments here with coveting, right? Um, that's why it's there. Because coveting doesn't just mean for those who don't have anything, and it doesn't just mean for those who have everything. It means for everybody. This idea of continually wanting more of what you don't have. That's coveting. That's trusting in the wrong things, right? Okay. Uh, sweet is the sleep of a laborer. I mean, we've heard that phrase, right? Sweet is the sleep of a laborer. Oh, man. I worked hard today. I have a good day's rest. Well, what's a good day? where you get to put your hands to work for the good of someone else, when you get to put your skills and gifts to work and glorify God with them and serve someone else, it lets you rest easy, it lets you sleep easy, right? Knowing that good work has been done. Sleep is the, sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. It's tough to rest when you're greedy. It's tough to sleep when you know that you haven't done anything for the good of anyone else, right? There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is a father of a son, but he has nothing in his hand. See, I mean, the father not even handing down to his son. The father wasting away the things that were given to him. The father handing things away and gambling them and dealing with venture without even being able to care for his own lineage for without even being able to care for his own household just wasting it away trying to build business ventures right as he came from his mother's womb he shall go again naked as he came and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand you've heard it before right you come into the world naked and you leave just the same you come in with nothing you go out with nothing there's nothing that you can take with you uh into the grave. There's nothing that will last that long, right? Any of the things we work for go away as quickly as we have them. And it's an equalizer thing. I mean, both rich and poor born and die the same way. Whatever circumstances they are around them are fine, but they both come into the world and go out of the world the same way, right? 
This also is a grievous evil. Just as he came, so shall he go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Moreover, all his days he eats in darkness, in much vexation and sickness and anger. You ever seen those who make a whole lot but end up alone and bitter? Um, I mean, think of It's a Wonderful Life and Mr. Potter, right? This guy who has everything in the town, has the money to buy everything, has control and authority over everything, but he doesn't have family, he doesn't have joy, he's just bitter. That bitterness is hard to wrestle with when we see it in our own hearts. That bitterness breaks our hearts when we see it in loved ones' lives. I mean, we want to continue to be with them to try and speak some sort of joy into their lives, and you can hear the same words echoing through Solomon's words here, right? I mean, to think that all the work that you've done throughout life is just meaningless. And you've done everything focusing in on trying to gain for yourself, and you find out it's meaningless. I feel pretty bad. Fill you with bitterness. All right. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God, for he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. What a beautiful thing to be occupied with. I mean, Solomon's saying, look, even in all your toil under the sun, if your focus is solely under the sun, well, don't just try to keep getting more and more and more and more. See finally that what is given to you is a gift by God to enjoy each day. The family that's around you, a gift by God. The shelter that you have, the gift by God. The clothes you get to wear on your back, gift by God. The work that he gives you and even your coworkers, gift from God. Parents that weigh upon you times emotionally, but also are such joys in life. Gift from God. And no, none of them is perfect. But they're a gift from God to enjoy. A gift from God that should raise your eyes and hearts to be able to say, yeah, God gave me these folks to live life with. What a beauty. Coffee. Gift from God. But to be able to enjoy these things each day, not in a covetous way, wanting more and more and more and more and more and solely looking out for self, but to see the things that are around and to enjoy them as gifts from God, to see the possessions and whatever it is that he brings into your life each day, to be able to share them with others, a gift from God, a word, an understanding, a joy, a presence, whatever it is, a gift from God to be able to share with people because that's what he has given you each day to do. To know that your life is filled up and taken care of by him as he gives us our daily bread and then hands us enough to share with others. And I know we look around and we see all the brokenness and we see all those who don't have. Okay, maybe you get to share some of what you do have. Or you see in your life that you don't have. Well, maybe God's given you somebody who's going to share what you don't have with you. Sometimes that's just time. A smile, a joy, uh, when we're feeling bitter and grumpy, 
to know that there's someone in life that God has given you to speak joy into your life. And I love that last line, for he will not much remember the days of his life, all these days of toil under the sun, all these days of striving after things, all these days, right? Not going to remember those days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Have you ever seen folks who walk through certain days of life and you go, how can you even walk through that? How can you walk through that brokenness at your work? How can you walk through that diagnosis of a disease? How can you walk through the death of a loved one? How can you walk through these absolutely heart-wrenching situations with peace and joy? Because God. Because God watches over all things. Because I know God's done something for our benefit into eternity. I know that God has reconciled us to himself so that all this brokenness will be done away with. Because God. Because he's a God of joy. Because he's a God of rest. Because he's a God of peace. Because he's a God of love, mercy, faithfulness. Because this God has forgiven us and reconciled things and made them right before him and redeemed them, bought them back, so that into eternity, we wouldn't echo these words of Solomon of there's only vanity and toil under the sun, but we'd say there's life and forgiveness in the sun, Jesus, and the one who has died for our sins and risen for our forgiveness and justification, so that we would be called sons and daughters of the king hearts occupied with joy. Ah, so good. All right, let's pray. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept us this night from all harm and danger. And pray that you would keep us this day also from sin and all evil, that all our doings in life would be pleasing to you. For into your hands we give ourselves bodies, souls, and all things. Let your holy angel be with us, that the evil foe may have no power over us. And Lord, occupy our hearts with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and keep you. And as always, reach out and walk through this life under the sun together and know of the joy of our Lord.